How do you do? Mr. Brian Peters feels it would be a little unkind to present this podcast, gravely amusing, without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold an episode from the mind of Brian Peters, a fan of pop culture who sought to create a podcast after his own image, without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest podcasts ever listened to. It deals with two great fandoms of pop culture, humor, and horror. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such strain, now's your chance to... Well, we warned you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dundee award-winning podcast, Gravely Amusing. The only podcast that took her out, it was a Friday night. I work alone to get the feeling right. We started making out, and she took off my pants, but then I turn on the TV, and that's the time she's walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're pushing 40, and we're still amused by TV shows. What the hell is ADD? My friends say I should start my podcast. What's my podcast again? What's my podcast again? Oh, yeah, Gravely Amusing. It's a great episode I have for you tonight. Tonight, heads will roll. Tonight, I'm talking about the legend of Sleepy Hollow. I discussed just about all the universal monsters. So I was thinking, well, what other literary thing happened around this time with Dracula and Frankenstein and Invisible Man? Well, it was The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So, of course, I had to talk about it. I mean, we're like 11 days away from Halloween. I mean, come on. Uh, tomorrow, my wife and I are uh, going to Columbus, Ohio, where we live near, and going to Ohio History Center Sleepy Hollow show. Uh, we've gone many times. They decorate the whole history village like Sleepy Hollow. They have this old British guy by fire read you the legend while uh, someone dresses up like Ichabod on a horse and this, the headless horseman comes, runs by. It is so fun. It's awesome. We love it. Uh, I think my friend Tyler and his family are going to join us. Uh, we're really excited about it. I'll post some photos on Gravely Amusing's uh, website so you can see it. It's pretty sweet. Uh, but tonight, I want to start with a little bit about the author of the book, Washington Irving. Then I'll go over the novel, I'll discuss the Disney cartoon, and then a little bit about the Tim Byrne masterpiece. Savvy? All right. So Washington Irving was born April 3rd, 1783, and he died November 28th, 1859. I uh, didn't do any math, so I'm not sure how old he was. He, he was old. He was like 76, 80, something like that. 84, maybe, carry the one. I don't know. But he was an American writer, and he eventually became a diplomat to Spain. He wrote short stories Rip Van Winkle, which he published in 1819, and The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which he uh, published in 1880, or, or sorry, 1820. Uh, but, well, actually, they, they he published them at both the same time because he wrote them in a collection of stories called uh, the Sketchbook of Jeffrey Crayon, or just called The Sketchbook. He was born and raised in Manhattan, um, and, you know, the Isle of New York, to a merchant family, and he made his literary debut in 1802 with a series of letters to the Morning Chronicle written under an, a pen name of Jonathan Oldstyle. He temporarily moved to England for the family business in 1815, where he achieved fame with the publication of the sketchbook of Jeffrey Crayon that had Rick Van Winkle and Legend of Sleep Hollow in it. He continued to publish regularly throughout his life, and he completed a five-volume biography of George Washington, who he was named after, 
just eight months before his death at age 76. So he was 76, and he died in Terrytown, New York. Terrytown, New York. I think I know that name. Hmm. Well, Irving was one of the first American writers. Actually, uh, he was one of the first American writers to earn popularity in Europe. He encouraged other American authors such as Nathaniel Hawthorne, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, Herman Melville, the guy who wrote Moby Dick, and of course, Edgar Allan Poe. He was also admired by some British writers, including Lord Byron, the guy that was at the uh, party with Mary Shelley that we talked about in our first episode, uh, Thomas Campbell, good old Charles Dickens, Mary Shelley, Francis Jeffrey, and Walter Cronkite. He advocated for writing as a legitimate profession, and he argued for stronger laws to protect American writers from copyright infringement. He is the first American to ever make his living solely by his pen. To make his living solely by writing. I admire that man. He is absolute inspiration here in the writers and anyone with a creative mind, such as me. Terrytown, a uh, very interesting place. When Washington was a kid, uh, in 1798, an outbreak of yellow fever in Manhattan made his family actually send him upriver to sleep with the fishes. Well, go get his shine box. <laughs> Just kidding. He went there and he stayed with his friend, uh, James Kirk Paulding, in Terrytown, New York. It was in Terrytown where he became familiar with the beauty of the region with his Dutch customs, and most importantly, their local ghost stories. Though the town of Sleepy Hollow did not exist in Irving's time, uh, North Terrytown, North Terrytown would actually change its name to Sleepy Hollow in 1996. So it was always called Terrytown or North Terrytown until 1996, they officially adopted the name Sleepy Hollow. Uh, the area had been known as Sleeper's Haven by the Dutch. Irving made several other trips up the Hudson as a teenager, including an extended visit to Johnstown, New York, where he passed through the Catskill Mountains region, which was the setting for Rip Van Winkle. Of all the scenery of the Hudson, Irving wrote once, the Catskill Mountains had the most witching effect on my boyish imagination. So the Catskill Mountains was the setting for Rick Van Winkle, and it was the setting for Sleepy Hollow. So he, he must have thought it was something special. Now, some uh, weird, some interesting facts about Washington Irving, and also some Batman trivia, because, you know, I love Batman. Did you know what, do you know what city Batman was originally based in? He was originally based in New York City. But do you know where the name Gotham City came from? It actually came from Washington Irving. He popularized the nickname Gotham for New York City, which would eventually, uh, DC Comics would change Batman City from New York to, to Gotham. Uh, he's also credited with inventing the expression, the almighty dollar. The surname of his fictional Dutch historian character, uh, Diedrich Knickerbocker, is where the basketball team, the New York Knickerbockers, get their name. Do you like Christmas? You, you know about Christmas, right? Well, one of Irving's most lasting contribution to American culture is in the way that Americans celebrate Christmas. So in 1812, revisions to a history of New York that he did, he inserted a dream sequence featuring St. Nicholas roaring or soaring, not roaring, soaring over treetops in a flying wagon. Well, others dressed up as Santa Claus around town. I apologize for my yawn. It's been it's been a long day. <laughs> um, in his five Christmas stories in the sketchbook that included Rip Van Winkle and you know Sleep Hollow, Irving portrayed an, an, an idealized celebration of old-fashioned Christmas customs with like a like an English manner. Um, it just depicted Christmas festivities. In England, 
and all these all these things have been kind of abandoned, but he pretty much ran an American task, text how English is over Christmas, and the book contributes to like a, a revival of Christmas uh, in the United States, and that's why I like a lot of Christmas stuff are all Victorian, like it's kind of you know that style. You see that in like Christmas Carol and like all adaptations and stuff. It's this Victorian style. So, so Washington Irving is a man who saved Christmas in the good old U.S. of A. Now, have any of you listeners ever been to Sleepy Hollow? Shoot me a message. I'd love to hear if it's worth a planned trip. My my wife and I, uh, every Halloween, we take a vacation. Um, so we take a vacation during our anniversary in April, and then we take one near Halloween. That's just who we are. That's what we love. Uh, greatly amusing is all about Halloween. So, um, so we've done like Disney and not you know, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. We've done Universal Horror Nights. Um, what else have we done? We've done like trips to like West Virginia. Um, like Mothman area, we live near that. We've oh, we went to Salem, Massachusetts. I apologize. <laughs> um, you know, and but we've all we've always wanted to do Sleepy Hollow, but we've never done it yet. So um, the past few years, I've I've been working more than my wife, um, and now and uh, she hasn't had the vacation time, so now. Schedules have changed, and and uh, I think we'll be able to do that uh, sometime soon. So, so she got promoted because she's awesome. That's my wife. <laughs> so, um, but one time I actually I actually did visit Terrytown, and I didn't even know I did. So my senior trip, uh, me and a bunch of friends, we uh, and we were working at a summer camp in uh in, in Western Pennsylvania. And we, you know, we went to New York city for the summer and we were staying, we were staying at a church in Harlem cause you know, it was a church, uh, church camp. And, uh, the pastor took like everybody to the Palisades mall. And I was in the hallway talking to my mom. No one told me they were leaving. And, you know, this, this was 2005 and Everybody left me. So I call up the pastor and I'm like, hey, Mike, um, do you guys left me? And, and he's like, oh, well, we left like a half hour ago. So um, I said, well, Mike, I can't get back in the room. Like, what the heck am I going to do? He's like, oh, well, okay, buddy. Well, you can take a subway and meet me in Terrytown. So he gave me directions and basically I had to walk Harlem by myself. Uh, good thing. It was kind of like in the afternoon. I had to walk Harlem by myself, take a subway to grand central station, which I had never been to before. And so that was kind of cool. Then I had to take a train from grand central station to Terrytown, New York. About the time I got there, I waited maybe 15 minutes for Mike to show up. And then he took me to the Palisades Mall. And when I got to Palisades Mall, I'm like, oh, man, this mall is so awesome. Like, I was so excited because, like, I had never gone. I wanted to go. And when we got there, every single buddy else was ready to leave because they had been there for hours. And it took me hours to get there. So I didn't get to enjoy the Palisades Mall. And I was in freaking Terrytown, New York, which is Sleepy Hollow. And I didn't even know. Cause it was called Terrytown had no freaking clue. And there I was, could enjoy that town for a bit while people were, you know, doing whatever, but I blew it. I didn't know. So that's my trip to sleepy hollow. So yeah. How great is that? Right. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about this book. Let's talk about the legend of sleepy hollow. Shall we? So the book, it adds some things that, like I didn't know through watching um, Sleepy Hollow adaptations. Um, I didn't finish all the Sleepy Hollow TV show. I think I watched the first season. It wasn't too bad. 
but uh, you know, it added a lot of things. And I, I just, I don't remember a whole lot of it. I think it came out when my wife, Jen and I were moving. So I watched maybe the first season and then like we moved and we just got busy and uh, I don't know. We used to work in the church. So. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I never finished it. So, and uh, the Johnny Depp, Tim Burton, Sleepy Hollow, which I'll talk about in a second. It, um, it doesn't go through all this stuff really. So uh, Washington Irving, the book begins talking about Greensburg, which is actually the name of my hometown in Pennsylvania, but they we call it Greensburg. It's spelled with a GH at the end. And some name it Terrytown or Sleepy Hollow as the Dutch call it. It's on the Hudson River and it's believed that before Hudson arrived to Americanize the area, that either a German doctor bewitched it or a Native American wizard chief is a cause for the mysterious atmosphere of Sleepy Hollow. So the region of Sleepy Hollow is believed that if you are a rational person, so this German doctor bewitched it and this is what will happen or, or the Native American chief. It's believed that if you're a rational person a person of logic, science, fact, reason. Maybe you're an intelligent doctor or you're a detective. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're a person of reason and intelligence. If you go to Sleepy Hollow, you will become a being of superstition. You will start believing in ghosts and spirits and hear voices in the air. Your faith will be completely changed. It will completely go out the window. You will become a victim of the hollow. And in a endless sleep and mind fog, hence the name Sleepy Hollow. Now, a quote from the book here. The dominant spirit, however, that haunts this enchanted region. So all these ghosts are in Sleepy Hollow and all these ghost stories and this atmosphere that sucks you in and makes you believe in superstition and, and the supernatural the the dominant spirit, however, that haunts this enchanted region and seems to be the commander in chief of all the powers of the air, is the apparition of a figure on horseback without a head. It's said by some to be the ghost of a Hessian. I looked it up. A Hessian is a Dutch soldier that would be that would work for the British. So, German soldiers that work for the British, uh, and it's it would be a Hessian trooper whose head had been carried away by a cannonball in some nameless battle during the Revolutionary War, and who is ever and anon seen by the country folk hurrying along in the gloom of night, as if on the wings of the wind. His haunts are not confined to the valley, but extend at times to the adjacent roads, and especially to the vicinity of a church at no great distance. Indeed, certain of the most authentic historians of these parts who've been careful in collecting and uh, collating the floating facts concerning the specter, alleged that the body of the trooper had been buried in that churchyard. The ghost rides forth to the scene of battle in nightly quest of his head, and that the rushing speed with which he sometimes passes along the hollow like a midnight blast is owing to his being belated and in a hurry to get back to the churchyard before daybreak. So basically saying the horseman has limits. He can actually travel outside Sleepy Hollow, but he has to get back to his buried body before dawn. Whereas in the cartoon, um, in the cartoon, he had like if Ichabod crosses the bridge, he's safe. Not the case in the book. The 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 horseman can go anywhere as long as he gets back to the churchyard before sunrise. I'm not sure what happens if he doesn't, but they didn't get into that in the, in, in the legend here. So, very interesting. So, uh, into town comes a new schoolmaster named Ichabod Crane. How awesome is the name of Ichabod Crane? One of the coolest names ever. Ichabod is from Connecticut. He is a believer of witchcraft and ghost stories. Um, he loves ghost stories and learning about witchcraft and the supernatural, but he's very scared about it. So I don't know if that's a side effect of Sleepy Hollow. Washington Irving never really gets into it. 
just that Ichabod loves ghost stories, but then he gets really scared about hearing them afterwards. So it's it's kind of weird. My apologies. Uh, Ichabod has no home as he moves to this town. He has no home. He's a school teacher, has no home. He stays at the houses of students uh, and are you know, mostly single moms. So this dude's a playa. Uh, and the, the houses feed him and, and, they, and they house him. They give him like room and board. And he helps wash their kids. He also chores, he chops wood. He, he helps around, you know, helps around town. He also has a very distinct singing voice. Uh, a very good singing voice, and uh, the the women are swooned by him. Uh, Ichabod also keeps up with gossip because he he talks with all these women. So as he travels house to house, he shares the gossip of the town. So Ichabod's one of the girls. You know, he's one of the mean girls. You know, on Wednesdays he wears pink. <laughs> you know, um, eventually Ichabod comes to this farm that. And the book goes into huge detail here. It's a little bit too much detail, but like this farm has prized chickens and bushes and all this vegetation and this huge manor and this beautiful, beautiful stuff. And out pops this chick who the book calls a coquette. And a coquette, basically in old English, is a flirt. So this really... It's a really beautiful woman that has money. <laughs> she is Katrina Van Tassel, and she is the village flirt. She flirts with all these dudes, all these men. So Ichabod sees this as a golden opportunity to have a hot smoking wife who has all this money, That and if her father dies, he'll get all that money. And he won't have to be a school teacher anymore. He won't have to jump from house to house. He, he'll be set. Hot wife, beautiful looking children, and all this money. Like, it's what every man wants. <laughs> so, but the problem is, because Katrina is so smoking hot, and she's a flirt, I mean, she might be a whore. Who knows? Um, I think she just teases men to get what she wants. She's a very one-dimensional character, but uh, but she's a flirt, and uh, I don't think she's a whore or a slut or anything like that. She just uses men to get what she wants. It makes her feel good because she knows she's hot and she's rich. So um, eventually, we're into a character who's the leader of the Sleepy Hollow Boys. Sleepy Hollow Boys are all the guys that live in Sleepy Hollow, and they are led by a guy named Abraham uh, uh, Abraham Von Brands, I think. I forgot to write that down. But uh, he's called Brom Bones because he's big and strong. Uh, Abraham the Brom, it's like a Dutch translation. So Brom hates Ichabod because he's going after his woman. Uh, you know, Brom is kind of like somewhat, some, he's not officially engaged to Ichabod, <laughs> no, uh, it's a Katrina, but like it's obvious that you know he's going for her and 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 stuff like that. So Brom starts playing pranks on Ichabod. He uh, he breaks in. Well, he well he breaks into the schoolhouse. He busted up. That's not really a prank. I mean, that's straight criminal stuff. But um, he also. Um, he also has a dog come and like howl while Ichabod's singing with the ladies. Like they're messing with each other. So um, Brahm's like, I don't know how I'm going to beat this guy because you know he he outsmarts me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Excuse me. So one night, um, Ichabod actually gets an invitation. Uh, a guy on a bike shows up, gives uh, Ichabod an invitation to a party at the Van Tassel's at Katrina's house. Ichabod gets up the courage. Tonight is the night that he is going to propose to Katrina. He proposes to Katrina, and she. it doesn't officially say in the book that she says no, but it says that he walks away brokenhearted. 
So obviously she said no. Um, yeah. So Ichabod's walking away, brokenhearted in the night, uh, and all of a sudden um, he climbs on his horse, Gunpowder. <laughs> Great name for a horse, but this horse sucks. And there is a shadowy figure in the distance, and it is the Headless Horseman. And then we get a series in the book of the Headless Horseman uh, hunting Ichabod. And uh, the Headless Horseman throws his head uh, at Ichabod. And it's not really his head, it's actually a jack-o'-lantern. Uh, in the morning, all that is found is Ichabod's hat and his shoes. And it is believed, well, and then sometime later, uh, Brom Bones marries Katrina Van Tassel. So the theories are that, and some of them sh are shared in the book, the theories are that Ichabod was whisked away by spirits, that the spirits took his body and he disappeared. Another theory is that Brom killed him. You propose to my woman, you go after her. Um, I am a very skilled horseman. Um, so I'm going to kill you. Uh, another idea is that Brom scared him so much that uh, Ichabod fled the town and married some other woman and had a bunch of children that looks like him. And another theory is that the, the headless horseman really did exist. And he killed Ichabod. There's, uh, it, it leaves it so ambiguous. I would say that the real, re the real thing that happened was Katrina rejected Ichabod because uh, you know she's a flirt, and Ichabod, you know, wasn't well, he wasn't a man's man. You know these these hot chicks with money, like they they don't usually go after nerds. They go after you know muscle men and men with testosterone. <laughs> so, um, you know, because you know these tellies, you know, you know how it is. So, I think that Brom was like, "You can get you proposing a woman. That's not cool." So he, I think, I think he killed him, and he just hit the body. That's what I think. Because why did he need a school teacher in the first place? Something happened to the previous school teacher. That's a story. That's a story I want to know. I want to know what happened to the previous school teachers, and and why there are all these single moms in, in Sleepy Hollow. Um, that's real interesting, and why Ichabod was sent to Sleepy Hollow from Connecticut. Like, there's a lot more to this story, but you know, what Washington wrote was pretty pretty darn good. I mean, obviously, I mean it's a legend. Blood and Sleepy Hollow. Um. So, in 19, uh, I apologize, in, yeah, 1949, Disney decided to take two stories, uh, The Adventures of Mr. Toad, The Adventures, of, yeah, uh, The Wind and the Willows story, I apologize, they did The Wind and the Willows, which had like Mr. Toad, Mr. J. Thaddeus Toad, Esquire, and... Um, he is the first part of this cartoon story that came out near, in October 1949 by RKO Radio Pictures and Walt Disney and stuff. Um, and on the second half of this, so if you watch this on Disney Plus, like about half hour in is when The Legend of Sleepy Hollow starts. And this 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 uh, cartoon is awesome. <laughs> like it's narrated by Bing Crosby. A legendary singer, uh, Bing, Bing's awesome, and he does he does um, Ichabod's voice like boo 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 boo. I think he does he does a narration. I think he does everybody's voice. I'm trying to see here. Let me see here. Uh, no, I apologize. So Bing Crosby does the voice of the narrator, Ichabod and Brom Bones, all the singing stuff. He does it all, and. Um, uh, it's awesome. Like it shows, it pretty much follows follows the book pretty great. It shows Ichabod is a very tall, skinny guy, um, and even though he has odd behavior and appearance and kind of like effeminate mannerisms, uh, Ichabod wins the hearts of the village women, 
and he forms good friendships with his students, just like just like in the book. But then Brom Bones comes around. It's like, well, what the heck is going on? And the Halloween party, Brom Bones, you know, the headless horseman thing happens. And uh, and the next morning, I mean, it follows the book pretty much to the T. Like even words from the book, Bing Crosby says. Um, next morning, Ichabod's hat is found on the bridge next to Shattered, Shattered Jack Lantern. The schoolmaster himself is nowhere to be found. Sometime later, Brown marries Katrina. Rumors begin to spread that Ichabod is still alive, married to a wealthy widow in a distant country, or a distant county with children who all look like him. But everybody in Sleepy Hall insists he was killed by the Headless Horseman. So the cartoon doesn't go into Sleepy Hollow being this town where everybody gains superstition. It doesn't go through that. Um, it doesn't go through... Um, uh, well, I mean, it kind of goes through everything but, th but that, really. So it's a very good adaptation. So uh, the book itself is is only like 31 pages. It's a short story. So if you don't feel like reading, if you watch this cartoon, you'll get the whole story and you'll be fine. Like the story, how, how erring read it. And the animation is awesome. Bing Crosby is just so fun. Um, you know, he has a song about Ichabod, Ichabod Crane, and then a song about Katrina, like this, this little coquette. And then he has the Brom Bones song, which is probably the coolest song. And it's like, I'm trying to remember the lyrics here. Um, he's he says um says something like uh, with a hip hip and a clippity clop, he's out looking for a top to chop. So don't stop to figure out a plan. You can't reason with the headless man. Yeah, I can't sing whatever, but that's what it sounds like. Uh, Disney Bing Crosby sang that. So pretty cool. Um, there has been various different adaptations of Sleepy Hollow through the years that they've all been like made for TV movies, like all of them. Um, in 19, well, in 1922, there was a movie that was directed by uh, Edward Venturini and starred Will Rogers as Ichabod Crane. And it filmed on the Hudson River Valley. There's that one, and then there's the 1949 anim animated one with Bing Crosby. And, and for TV adaptations, there's a 1979 CBS after school special called Once Upon a Midnight Scary. It's narrated by Vincent Price, so that's awesome. Um, there's the 1980 Sleepy Hollow movie that actually stars Jeff Goldblum as Ichabod Crane. Um, and it, you can't find it streaming anywhere, so. That's that. Uh, there was a Shelley Duvall's Tall Tales and Legends series of Sleepy Hollow with Beverly D'Angelo as Katrina. Um, there is the Hellas Motorcyclist, a 1987 episode of the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters, the greatest franchise of all time. Um, where uh, about a descendant of Ichabod Crane is being haunted by the Headless Horseman. There's a Are You Afraid of the Dark? Ooh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, episode that's Sleepy Hollow-ish. A Wishbone episode, heck yeah. Um, there's an episode of Charm called The Legend of Sleepy Hollowell. And then, of course, there's a, a TV show, 2013 TV show. Um, oh, yeah, because, yeah, we definitely moved that year, so that's why I didn't see it. Uh, but 2013 episode, um, or a show that ran for four seasons. So um, that show's uh, here's pretty cool. But... The other most famous adaptation is in 1999, a gothic supernatural horror film directed by the legendary Tim Burton. It's a film adaptation that's loosely based on The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It stars Johnny Depp as Ichabod Crane, Christina Ricci as Katrina Van Tassel, uh, Miranda Richardson as, um, well, I don't know, some whore that controls the Headless Horseman. Headless Horseman is played by um, Christopher Walken in a very interesting casting. Um, <laughs> uh, this movie is pretty darn good, I will say. It is pretty darn good, but some some decisions were a little weird. Uh, Christopher Walken is the Headless Horseman. 
I, I think he could have done better. I mean, he looks weird and like intimidating, but uh, he's he was a little too old, I guess. Um, so much so much debate here. But this adaptation came out in 1999, and it was directed by Tim Burton. And the story was created by uh, Kevin Yeager, and music by Danny Elfman because it's a Tim Burton film. You got to have Danny Elfman. It's distributed by Paramount, and is was released in the United States on on 11 1999 and um, budget was 70 to 100 mil. It made about 207 mil. Um, so here is how it's a little different. So the movie, uh, and well, in 1799, Ichabod Crane, played by Johnny Depp, he's not a school teacher. He is a New York City police constable. And when Washington Irving came up the name Ichabod Crane, it actually was someone he met in New York that worked that was in the army. So that's where that comes from. Um, in this movie, Ichabod Crane is criticized for him for wanting to do scientific methods. There's there's a part of the movie where they move a body that that guy's head cut off. Ichabod's freaking out. He's like, "Why'd you move the body?" And they're like, "Well, why not?" You know. So people don't think like he does. Uh, his being scientific, uh, being a man of reason, being a man of logic, being a man of science. So that was an interesting take that uh, to do that to to Ichabod. So he is pretty much sent from New York City to Sleepy Hollow because he's annoying. <laughs> and the uh, Burgomeister, which is like the head cop, played by Chris Lee, who probably would have played a better Hellas Horseman, um, sends him to Sleepy Hollow to investigate these beheadings because he's because Ichabod's just causing too much issues because he's questioning all their methods. So they, they send him there because he's, he's annoyed. Um, so Sleepy Hollow has been played by a, a series of brutal murders or decapitations, and most recently, a wealthy father and his son, Peter and Dirk Van Garretts, and a widow, Emily Winship, uh, were beheaded. So Ichabod shows up, and we get this opening cred scene that is one of my favorite open cred scenes there is because it shows these wide angles of Sleepy Hollow and a very small giant depth kind of in the center of the camera. I'm not sure what this shot's called. Uh, Tyler would know. But it's just a wide shot with giant depth in the middle walking through town. It's awesome. And you see the fog and everything, and the credits kind of come up, and the smoke. It's it's so cool. So, um, Sikabod is greeted by these businessmen. The uh, Baltus Van Tassel, uh, town doctor Thomas Lancaster, a uh, Reverend Stenwick, which is played, I believe, by uh, uh, the creepy principal from First Bueller's Day Off, who I think got arrested eventually for being a creeper. Um, and then the Reverend, I think, was no the Reverend was a creepy guy. Then there's a notary, James Hardenbrook, who's played by uh, Alfred Pennyworth from <laughs> the or Michael Goff from the Batman uh, movies that Tim Burton did. And then uh, Emperor Palpatine's in there. I think Emperor Palpatine plays uh, Doctor uh, the Doctor, I believe. Or no, he plays the Magistrate, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I just watched it yesterday, but so I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, Ichabod learns that the locals believe that this killer is the Headless Horseman, from the Hessian mercenary from the Revolutionary War. Uh, Ichabod feels this is a bunch of BS and is skeptical of the paranormal because of his family's past. So basically, uh, Ichab they add this backstory of Ichabod that's really weird. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I kind of don't like it. It's just, it's just, it feels out of, it feels out of place. Um, of like it's supposed to explain why he doesn't believe in superstitious stuff, but I 
I don't know. So basically his story is that his mom was like, his dad was a man of the church and his mom was like a witch and his dad murdered his mom and put her in torture chambers and, and like killed her because she was a witch and um, Ichabod found her in an iron maiden, which is, like this open casket with spikes in it. And he touched a chair with spikes in it and he got spikes in his hands for all eternity. And um, I don't know. It's just, it feels out of place. It, it feels, it feels weird. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> so, and then there's something with this like box on it, this, box on a string one side's a cardinal one side's a cage and he plays with it with a cardinal in the cage i, I don't know what that's supposed to mean it, it's just weird so anywho uh ichabod comes into town and before he actually meets these business guys he he goes to the house of the van tassels and katrina played by christina ritchie kisses him uh i believe i read that christina ritchie was not a fan of this role because Katrina was kind of really one-sided, but in this movie, she's kind of, she's basically a witch. Um, she puts a protections, uh, protection marker under Ichabod's bed to protect him. And, uh, she, and Ichabod like gets stabbed in the movie and she makes this potion with like the, the foot, or the, the talon of a raven. She cuts it off and gives it to him. Um, Christina Ritchie fell out of place in this movie too. But there, there is a lot of good. There is a lot of good in this movie. There, there really is. So um, after all, all these people start getting beheaded, um, we find out that Katrina has a stepmom named you know Lady Van Tassel, not her actual mom. And um, so that's important. Mrs. Van Tassel is uh, she's the second wife. So there's more victims, and basically Ichabod uh, takes one of the victims' son, uh, young Masbeth, under his wing. So Ichabod and this young Masbeth, who's an orphan now, uh, exhume the victims on a tip from uh, uh, learning, or they learn that one of the widows was pregnant. So. Ichabod uh, goes into the Western woods where everybody believes that the horseman is and where his grave is, and they find some witch living in a cave. The witch reveals that the horseman's body lies under the tree of the dead. And this, this witch is very weird. She doesn't have eyes. It's, it's, um, it's also an unseen. Um, so they, but they find this witch, and they go to the tree of the dead, into one is arguably probably one of the coolest scenes in the movie. So Ichabod walks up to this tree and he takes his knife out and he actually stabs the tree and the tree starts bleeding. He then takes an ax and starts chopping up the tree and all this blood squirts all of his face. It's pretty nuts. And he finds in the tree are a bunch of heads like all the heads of all the people that the uh, the headless horseman has killed. So at the top of the tree, Ichabod <laughs> finds, after he wipes the blood off his face, uh, Ichabod finds the grave of the headless horseman and the skull is gone. And at this time, the ghost appears out of the tree and uh, and starts going after people. So the horseman eventually like goes after a midwife and her family um and you know kills them and i guess i guess it's assumed that it kills the kid that's hiding too um i guess but they, they don't show it so you know because that would be the smart thing to do um and what they discover uh well brahm is like brahm bones is guarding the town and what they discover him and Ichabod kind of work together actually here. They discover after Ichabod or after Brahm is messed with them. Um, they discover that 
the headless horseman doesn't attack them. He only attacks almost like who he's after or who who he was sent for. Almost like someone's controlling the the horseman. So um, after after Brom um, attacks the headless horseman, the headless horseman uh, headless horseman kills Brom because because of the resistance. So Ichabod deduces that basically uh, Mrs. Van Tassel is controlling the headless horseman. You find out that when she was a child, um, someone that owned a farm evicted her mother and her sister, um, and, and her and her sister were little girls. And while they were evicted and poor and, you know, uh, banished, they ran into the headless horseman in the woods and the little girl made a deal with Satan. Um, so, oh yeah, I'm so sorry. Here, here's my notes here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, here we go. She, uh, her and her twin sister were members of the Imparvis uh, Archer family who were evicted years ago by Peter Van Garretts, who's the first person that died. And when, he favored Baltus, uh, Baltus Van Tassel and his family instead. So basically, um, this Van Garrett guy gave the money to the Van Tassels. Yes. And evicted her and her twin sister. So she swore vengeance against Van Garrett and all who wronged her family. And as a little girl, she pledges herself to Satan. If, and and asked Satan to rise the horsemen to avenge her by killing uh, them, which would allow her to claim the Van Garen Van Tassel's estates. And manipulating her way into the Van Tassel household, she used fear, blackmail, and lust to manipulate the other elders into her plot. And she eliminates all the heirs as witnesses, as well as her sister. Oh, her sister is the Witch of the Woods. I apologize. I forgot that note. And uh, yeah, she summons the horsemen to kill everybody and even kill Katrina, the last remaining heir. Uh, Ichabod and Mazbeth rush to this windmill for the final battle because, you know, it's, it's Frankenstein, whatever. <laughs> and uh, after escape, then destroys the windmill and the tree of the dead. Uh, Ichabod retrieves the horseman's skull from Van Tassel and returns it to the horseman. And the horseman reanimates, comes back to life, breaks a curse on him, it sets him free, and um, the horseman spares Katrina, takes Mrs. Van Tassel, and gives her a big kiss. And it seems that the horseman has filed down his teeth, so he basically bites her, gives her a Dracula kiss, and blood's everywhere. And then they return to hell within the Tree of the Dead. Uh, Ichabod and Christina or Katrina move with young As young Masbeth in time for the new century to New York. Um, this movie, this movie is not bad at all. It's actually a pretty fun movie, and there's some really great visuals like the uh, Tree of the Dead, and uh, and it also it also seems like. Uh, Burton was influenced by Hammer films because of the way uh, Hammer did horror in the 70s, like with Christopher Lee. I mean, Christopher Lee's in the movie, but they had very, like, foggy, you know, very kind of, like, you know, foggy backgrounds. And then they had, like, every vision of blood was very bright red, um, as you, know, you can see here. So... Um, I think that this movie was a great start to delve into the uh, the Sleepy Hollow, but I think, and I think they're they're working on some more Sleepy Hollow stuff soon. But I think what needs to happen with Sleepy Hollow is we maybe get a bit of an origin story of who bewitched the town, why they bewitched the town. Uh, and other ghosts from this, and a story of why the town changes your mind and why it manipulates your thoughts. 
Um, I think there's a lot more that can be done. And I, I need to watch that Sleepy Hollow show so that I can kind of like get things in my ideas. So I apologize. So, yeah, listeners, that's Sleepy Hollow. And that's that's how the book is. So, so that cartoon you watched was, yeah, it was just like the book. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, it's, a great, uh, it's a great story to read for Halloween and get, get yourself in the mindset. And uh, well, I watch that cartoon anytime with your kids. It's, it's just so wonderful. So I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful Halloween. Um, I hope you're having a good spooky season so far. Uh, dropping with this episode on October 20th, um, I've actually created a second podcast uh, titled BP in the Finch. It is dropping today, October 20th. Uh, me and my friend Dre have decided to do a comic book podcast. And yes, I know that there's so many. Yes, I know that there's so many out there. But sometimes you just want to get with your friends and talk about the stuff you love. So um, we're, doing, we're doing things a little differently than other people. Um, we're starting off with a great idea that Dre created for BP and the Finch, the debut episode. It will be Spider-Man villains versus Batman villains. Who has the better villains? And that's dropping today. You can listen up to that too. And plus, you know, this really amusing uh, season one will be ending right around Thanksgiving. I will still do uh, episodes of BP and the Finch, and I'll do gravely amusing. You know, once some horror movie comes out, uh, you know, I don't want to over, I don't want to overextend myself and exhaust myself. <laughs> so, and podcasting can be a little, a little pretty tiring as you can hear from my yawns here and there. Um, uh, I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something about sleepy hollow or at least got in the mood for Halloween. Uh, next week on, uh, well on Halloween, we're dropping our 45th anniversary of Halloween franchise special. Uh, it's going to be a two parter. It's going to be a nice one. Uh, bringing me and all my friends to talk about Halloween, just like we did Friday the 13th last week. So it's it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. So I hope this episode horrified you. I hope it thrilled you. And if it didn't, I hope it at least left you greatly amused. Good night, everyone. Happy Halloween.